You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Well, this morning, we want to do something different on this Valentine's Day. I've asked some of our team, their spouses, to join me up here today. And we're going to be talking about relationships, a beautiful mess. Did you catch that? Relationships, a beautiful mess. If you've been a member here any length of time, you've heard me say more than once that this church is a mess. Why? Because your pastor is a mess. Your staff is a mess. And guess what? You are a mess. But but the amazing thing about all of this is God comes in the midst of our lives and in the midst of these relationships and our marriages and makes something beautiful out of the mess. Amen? So some of you uh, teenagers here today and some of you adults who are in the middle of a relationship now, or maybe some of you who are praying for a relationship, everything that we are going to say today can apply to you. You also need to understand that when you start dating someone, you see them or you should see them as a potential spouse, okay? So we need to understand that going into that today. In other words, do they have the qualities that you have? Or do they have the same long-term goals that you have when it comes to being married? And we need to understand, again, that uh, God is what makes all of this happen. And you need to understand, you look up here, you say, man, y'all couples, y'all got it all together. That couldn't be any further from the truth. Man, you need to understand that because it takes a lot of work to be married. Amen? Amen. So what we're going to do this morning is just kind of let you hear from all of us. And uh, none of us have arrived, but I've asked uh, Pastor Robin be the MC, so I'm going to go ahead and let you take it away. Thank you, Pastor. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun this morning, some more than others, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, we just invite you to, to listen uh, to kind of the humorous times in our lives and some of the struggles that we've had as well. I've instructed everybody to we only have so much time and uh, to keep their answers short if they don't or if they try to tell a fib, I've brought a taser. I want y'all to know, just in case you get off the beaten path. So uh, we're going to start over here, and uh, beginning with your name, Ben, could uh, you tell us a little bit about you guys, uh, your ministry position, uh, and also how you met, the beginnings? Yeah, definitely. Like Robin said, my name is Ben. Uh, I'm an associate pastor here at the church, been here about two years uh, full-time, and then my wife, Sarah, she owns a bakery here in town. And yes, that is a very lovely picture of us. It's actually our very first date. Uh, but Sarah, I'll let you kind of share the rest of our story. Sure. So we met freshman year at band camp. Um, and Ben desperately needed a date to the homecoming dance, which is the picture you see there. <laughs> and I, I wanted to go to the dance, too, because all of our friends were. So I said yes. Um, and then we just got to know each other that fall. Um, lots of band trips on the bus, playing cards. 
Um, and then we ended up dating all through high school. Um, and he was a year older than me, um, so he went away to college at Cedarville University. And then um, I visited that school but didn't really feel like it was the fit for me. Um, so I went to college in Southern Illinois, which is where, closer to where we were from. So we actually dated long distance for about five years throughout college, um, which was definitely challenging, but good for us. Um, it, it gave us space and time to kind of grow and like learn who we were as people and have experiences apart from each other, but we still got to see each other pretty frequently. You would do a lot of, well, once he moved to Lima, which would have been after he graduated college, he would drive to see me a lot of weekends. So lots of driving for him. Um, and then we got married that the year I graduated, which was 2010. 2010. Yes. So we've been married now 10 years, um, and we have two boys and another one on the way, as you might be able to tell. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Okay. All right, awesome. Pastor and Lori, we know what y'all do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll do anything. Go ahead, babe. Al's going to let me share how we um, met. Uh, before I met Al, I had been in a relationship that was an unhealthy, um, toxic, and abusive relationship. Um, and that ended. And then several months later, I met Al. So it's like I went from one extreme to the next. All of a sudden, I was dating a, a guy going into ministry. And so, and my mother and daddy was just over the moon. They just thought he was the next best thing to Jesus, you know, and everything. Um, they don't I, think that anymore. But go ahead. <laughs> because I went from one extreme to the, to the other. And so, yeah, they, and they still love Al. So, yeah, they were just thrilled when we started dating and everything. Um, we actually met um, Al. We both went to university mobile and um al was um at godfather's pizza one sunday night uh with a group of guys from college and my sister was at godfather's pizza that night with her youth group from church and so he went up to my sister he actually thought she was about 19 or 20 and he asked my sister out and um she said um i'm only 15 years old i can't date <laughs> And so he, uh, so he said, well, do you have a sister? And she said, well, yes. <laughs> and so she told him where I was going to be the next week. The next week I was actually auditioning for the Bye Bye Birdie musical at University of Mobile. So he sat outside in the hallway and waited for me to walk out. And that's how we met. And so then we started dating. Several months later, um, he proposed uh, to me. And uh, he proposed to me and put the ring in a, in a rose sitting up on top of rose and asked me to smell the rose. And there's the ring was. Um, and we've been married for 35 years. And um, we have two daughters, a son-in-law, and a wonderful granddaughter. Amen. There's a, uh, That's awesome. Uh, similar to Pastor and Lori, Danielle has told me to do all the speaking. She said if I asked her to say anything, she'd kill me. <laughs> So we'll talk about handling conflict later. So that goes into that. But we'll have you say just a little bit, huh? Verbally. Uh, so my name, in case you don't know, there's probably just a few people who don't know. My name is Robin Zaruba. I'm the worship pastor. This is Danielle, my wife of 31 years. 32 will be in uh, September. So we met very romantically. We worked together at McDonald's, didn't we? In Orange, Texas. Uh, so, and, and she uh, had a friend, this is not, I'm not making this up as I often do things. Uh, she, she asked a friend to come ask me if I would go out with her, okay? That was like, the, I had that win, 
And then we got married. That was another win. And that, other than that, it was, yeah. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, proposal. We didn't really have a proposal. You had the romantic proposal. Uh, we were just, I had a motorcycle. I didn't have a car. Uh, and Danielle had a car, so she picked me up, and we were on our way to church. And uh, we just kind of, we had been dating for about four months. See how I didn't know there for a second. Uh, and we just kind of looked at each other, and we were like, we, we should get married. It was like, and I knew, I just knew she was the one. Did you know I was the one? You could use that microphone there. Yeah. Yeah, she knew I was one. Anyway, that's our story. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Y'all go. Uh, John, Jenna and Jonathan Booker. Uh, I've been here for almost six years, children's director. This is my right-hand man, and he's going to tell our uh, how we met and our engagement story and all that because it's so great. Go ahead. <laughs> so we met in college. Uh, we had a math class together, and she needed a strapping young tutor to help her out, so I fit the bill. Uh, I was a junior. She was a freshman at the time, and um, you know, we kind of met that way, and we didn't really date or anything like that, and then um, fast forward a couple years, uh, she asked me to come to church here. We hadn't seen each other in a while, and I showed up, sat down in the class, and I kind of looked around, and there was this pretty young lady there, and I thought, well, I'm And it have wasn't to. me. So I, I set up a date with somebody else, basically. Uh, and, um, well, then she backed out at the last minute. I said, well, I still have these great plans. So I was like, okay, well, then I just asked my wife, you know, I was like, well, hey, what are you doing, you know? And so... Uh, that was how our first date went. Plan B. Um, and uh, the rest is kind of history from there, but um, the engagement, I don't really... Uh, <laughs> I think I, we have a funny story if you want to ask us. We're not going to say that publicly. I, mean, it's, I don't really remember everything, but... <laughs> You've fought since then. We, uh, <laughs> I think I sent her on a scavenger hunt is what it was. And then I remember my brother-in-law gave her a hard time the one stop. He's like, what are you here for? And just kind of kept razzing her until she actually said what she was there for. Um, but then, you know, I asked her to marry me at my parents' house. So we were engaged for eight months, married in four, and we've been married for 10 years. Thank you. Thank you all. That was the first round. We'll, you'll win prizes later. Uh, the next question is, what's the biggest challenge you've faced as a couple, Ben and Sarah? All right. So the biggest challenge, you know, I think for those of us who have been married not quite as many years, you know, we haven't, let's say you've had, the, you know, a major catastrophe in our family. We haven't, you know, fought with this. Just wait. Yeah, I, I know it's coming, you know, with two little ones, a third one on the way. Or, you know, there hasn't been that major health issue where, you know, it's really, really rocked our world. But I think one of the things, you know, early on in our marriage that really got our attention was like, hey, we need to be grounded in God and our, have that solid foundation was, you know, after we were shortly married, you know, Sarah and I were one to start a family and it took several years. And just kind of the emotions that went along uh, with that, the ups and downs, the getting tests. And, you know, we were married four or five years. And then we had James, I think. Well, he's six now. So. Six. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Not that. laughs> um, but so, th so that was a challenge. But I think even more relatable is just the challenge of trying to be faithful to everything that God has called us to. So, you know, I'm supposed to be a dad. I'm, you know, I work here. We have ministry. We also have the bakery. 
Uh, we have, you know, kids that we're raising and just trying to balance all that. And what you guys see out here is, you know, the nice pretty version. Sarah in a dress, I'm in my khaki pants, which I love, a nice sweater. And you don't see the behind the scenes, the nitty gritty, the bickering, the fighting, the frustrations, which, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But, you know, we really need to make sure that you know, when we're getting caught up in all this busyness, that we are really taking time to know our spouse, and we're not just knowing what they do. You know, I can rattle off, you know, everything that Sarah does in the week, but are we really getting to know them? And that's been a challenge for us. I don't know if you'd add anything else to that. I would just say the daily logistics of life with everything going on is, is the biggest challenge right now in this season, and I'm, I'm sure that will change as life continues. Um, yep. But right now, that would be it. That's all we got, Robin. Pastor and Lori. Yeah, I think for us, especially, uh, you know, distance from family. You know, since I've been here, I'm in my eighth year, but, you know, I've buried a brother, my mother, my father, and, you know, all of them live, you know, a long way away, and we have two daughters that live a long way away, too. But distance from family, we do love family. Some people like to be distanced from their family. We don't, okay? And, uh, and I think the other thing, he used a key word, but it is, it's the balance of ministry and home and for me as a pastor or any staff but myself I'll speak for myself is I have to realize that I am married to my wife not the church does that make sense to you and so she has to get the benefit of really who I am all of me or she really doesn't get what she needs to get from me so always is just a fine uh, balance and I know you can speak to that yeah, I mean, I would agree with that, balancing home life and ministry. And then even in our earlier years, you know, like what Ben and Sarah's going through right now, you know, raising kids and everything with our girls, um, you know, again, balancing that home life and family life with them and being in the ministry, you know, because you're like in a fishbowl, you know, and everything. And, you know, making sure our girls knew they were our girls, you know, and we were their mom and dad and that they were loved and, and just, you know, balancing that between, you know, our, our girls' life, our home life, and our ministry life, you know. And so that's been some challenges through the years. But, you know, God has been faithful and God's been good through all of it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier, we have three kids. Everybody mentioned their kids. <laughs> I was like, kids, schmids. There it is. Uh, our oldest, Alexandra, she sings on the worship team with us. And I uh, just love her and so proud of her. Uh, we have two uh, boys that are younger than her, Casey and Jacob. Uh, so challenges, we talked about this uh, last night. Uh, and the, the first thing I thought of uh, and, and we talked about together was uh, I went through a terrible uh, depression uh, in the early to mid-90s. It was right before I went into full-time ministry. And, uh, you know, it was... Like it wasn't just the blues. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold a job for several months. Uh, and Danielle, uh, she had to just kind of take over. And that's one of the reasons I married her. No, no fooling. I remember praying to God. I want, uh, Lord, please give me someone. And forgive me for saying this. Please give me someone who, when I'm 90 years old, will change my diaper. I mean, that was. <laughs> I'm serious. That was my prayer. Somebody who loves you so much that they will cross any river uh, to save you. And, and that's what I got in Danielle, and that's why I married her. And true to form, when I was, just couldn't function, she, she, did not, she did not walk out 
on me. And later, uh, she had uh, a bout with depression as well. And I didn't have to think about it, you know? I was like, she was there for me. She did not flinch uh, or shrink back. She was always there. And then uh, the other thing was our middle child, uh, he had uh, pretty severe uh, ADHD uh, when starting in about elementary school. And just, uh, you know, you, you think maybe, well, that was your child, but how it affects the whole family and your marriage. And it, it happened during a time where this wasn't really known a lot about it. And we were just like, what is going on? And it, it really, we really had to come together uh, on that. And uh, I have a scripture for our marriage. I have one. I don't know if this is our scripture, but it's John 16, 33. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Uh, you're going to have trouble in marriage. Cling to Jesus. Y'all go. When I asked John the uh, biggest challenge that we face, he goes, life. I was like, <laughs> okay, like that's great to tell people, but like specifically, definitely on the same wavelength as the Andersons, just balancing uh, ministry. Uh, we love you guys and doing ministry with our small group family and also having time for us too. So that's a short answer, but, and also I was like not going to say this, and then I decided to say this. Uh, I require a lot of extra grace, <laughs> uh, so uh, that's a challenge sometimes because I'm like, I didn't know. Sorry. So um, John is so good to me. <laughs> ben, you ready? You look like you've really been chomping at the bit to answer this next one. We're ready to go. So this is uh, Discuss how you argue and handle conflict. Mm. Well, to minimize conflict after this, Sarah, do you want to take that? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so most of the things we argue about are like stupid little things. Like I can think in my head the biggest arguments we've had, but I can't even remember what they're about. Um, and, and both of us can tend to be passive aggressive, which is not great uh, when arguing. Um, but Generally, after we've been heated over whatever it is, it's, it often happens in the morning trying to get out the door to school and work on time. That's literally the worst time of day. Yes, in our household from that. 7 to 8 a.m. is just kind of terrible. Um, but we give each other some space, and then usually, you know, you'll expect after we've had one of those mornings, you know, we look down at my phone at 8.30 and there's an apology text, <laughs> you know. Uh, so we usually just have to give each other some space to cool off, um, and then we can rationally talk talk it through. Um, and then a lot of times, too, we learn to just, like, agree to disagree sometimes um, on things that aren't deal breakers. It's not going to make that big of a deal. One example would be this week. So it's Valentine's week at the bakery, which is like Super Bowl of bakery events. Um, usually I work like 70 to 80 hours a week that week on my feet and I'm exhausted. And he had this great idea. We should rent heaters and put them outside for the customers because it'd be so great. And in the back of my head, I didn't really want to spend the extra three or $400 on heaters. But, you know, I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. I'll let you organize that project. And it turned out to be great. Like, the customers loved it. It was a great it. idea. Um, <laughs> so, uh, little things like that. We've learned just to, you know, if it's not really a big deal, just let it go. Yeah. I think another way of saying that is, you know, Sarah and I felt that we would rather have the right relationship rather than always being right. 
And man, that is so hard to do. I know one of the things we talk about, I had to jot it down, but Ephesians 4.29, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up and, you know, in the response to that. So that's kind of been our theme when it comes to conflict. You know, sometimes we're grumpy for a couple days, and, but, you know, usually it's a pretty quick thing, give each other space, and then we move on. I don't know about y'all, but I'm picking up some good tips today for some people that have been married only 10 years. Thank you. Right. Pastor and Lori. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> uh, well, sort of like what Ben and Sarah said, you know, pick your battles, you know, and sometimes it's over the most craziest, stupidest little things, you know, that we argue about, you know, and everything. Um, and I'll give you an illustration, um, and see, I don't even know what we argued about is several years ago, um, but we were having an argument, um, and... Um, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well, no. yeah, okay. And it was, at not, it was at nighttime, okay? And what Ben and Sarah said for them in the morning was not good for them. Well, okay, that night was not good for us. This was at night, and I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to resolve the conflict. I like to get my say in, okay? And so, um, and it was bedtime. And it was bedtime for Al. Now, we're totally opposite in our sleeping habits. He, I'm a night owl now, and he's like a morning person, you know. So, um, you know, I get my second wind late at night. And so I wanted to discuss this. I wanted to talk about it. And he said, Lori, I'm exhausted. I'm going to bed. And I said, what? You know, <laughs> we've got to discuss this. He said, well, you're going to have to follow me to the bed and talk to me. I'm going to bed. I'm exhausted. And so um, he, and he got in bed. I couldn't believe it. He laid him. He said, you're, he was sleepy. And he said, I'm going to bed. And so he and I said, I want to talk about this. I've got to get this off my chest now. And he, I said, I want to resolve it. He said, well, you're going to have to pull up that chair right over there. And we had this little decorative chair in the corner of our room. And much to his surprise, I pulled up that chair. <laughs> it's to not the in there of, anymore. To the side of the bed. And yeah, that bed, I mean, literally, I sat down in that chair and I just, I proceeded to tell him how I felt. And, and of course, like he said, that chair is not in our bedroom anymore. It's in the dining room now. Um, but what, No, and that okay. chair has a name and it's not the chair from heaven. I'll just say that. <laughs> But um, but we uh, we realized that then too that there is a right time and a place to discuss things and you have to be on the same uh, level you know and so we decided then okay let's talk about this later on so you know if you're in the the heat of the moment that's just it you don't want to say things in the heat of the moment you know and so if it's something really important that you need to resolve a conflict then set aside a time later on and for Al it would have been the next next uh, afternoon because now it wouldn't have been morning for me because I'm not a morning person so it would have been okay let's get together tomorrow afternoon or evening at about five or six o'clock let's discuss this over dinner you know so we we learned early on about how we need to get together a time and place to try to resolve the conflict and talk about it when we're both being level-headed not in the heat of the moment well we had we were uh, fortunate we had great uh, strategies for arguing and handling conflict <laughs> when we went in I'm kidding we were shooting blanks we had nothing <laughs> so Danielle this is your time to talk she told me she reminded me of this last night and I just laughed so hard so what was what was your strategy whenever we first got married I remember that first year it just burned into my memory oh, chasing them down you know just into the corner into the corner <laughs> she would corner me we, there wasn't no chair there either no 
No, it had to be resolved, so I had to chase you down to the, you know, and then he'd go in the corner, and then I'd sit there and talk to him, and he would uh, say Yeah, she would things. talk. She would really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, and she's a, not, a night person as well, they and so she would, they, she would stay up, she'd start cleaning the house or something, and I went to bed at 10, you know, and I was like, I don't want to talk about this now. Or ever, <laughs> you know. And then, what did you in in one loving display that we had? Probably about the third year we were married. You you uh, you gave something to me, which is to say, you threw it at me. What was it? An iron, but it wasn't on. <laughs> and I slid oh, well, it. Well, that helps, doesn't it? It wasn't on. It wasn't a hot iron. It was just heavy. So, and to be fair, she slid it across the floor at me, and I jumped. So it wasn't going through the air. Anyway, thank you. You you did really well on that. Jenna and John. Um, so we were raised differently of how we uh, do that. And so when we got to our marriage, um, he's a very much, let's talk about it. We're going to talk through this. We're going to pray through this. And I'm like, I'm the hole over there. Come get me when, you know, you're... you're done, like, you know, trying to figure all this out. I don't want to talk about it. Um, I'm over there in the hole still after a couple of days. Um, so he's very much uh, doing the biblical thing of let's take care of this. Uh, and then just a couple he'd mentioned, like we made ground rules. Like I told him very first day, do not ever yell at me. Um, and that's, I don't respond to that. And we don't do that. So do you have anything? You have great stories. <laughs> Tell them the celery story just really quick because it's so great. Okay, so, um, I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, you have, to, you have to have ground rules for things. You know, rock and sock and robots are great, but they don't handle conflict very well. Um, you know, there's little blow-up fists, you know, help you out too. But, uh, no, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you have to stick to your ground rules because I think you, you have to understand that at the end of the fight, it's still you as a couple. I mean, if, if, you destroy down, if you destroy your mate, you're going to lose in the end. And there's a comedian, Jeff Allen, I think he's got some great wisdom. I learned this at a young age. Uh, he's like, you know, when it comes to fighting with my wife, he's like, I can be right or happy. He's like, I haven't been right in years, you know? <laughs> and I think that's what it really comes down to so many times in our marriage, because you can win the fight but lose the war. And so I think that's the critical element when it comes to fighting, because if, if you get into a conflict, you know, at the end of the game, you have to realize you're on the same team. You know, if, if you're constantly fighting with each other, you're not fighting the true enemy who's trying to destroy you. Um, and so that's something that, you know, we've tried to do. And obviously, there's been times where it's been great and other times where it's, you know, we kind of do the passive-aggressive thing sometimes. And sometimes we get to the nitty-gritty a little earlier. But My spiritual gift is the silent treatment. <laughs> <laughs> do you use that at work, too? <laughs> You do that here at work, too? Sometimes. <laughs> All right, Ben and Sarah, this is our last question. Hasn't this gone quickly? Let's add some more questions. Uh, what has been your secret for staying married so long? We have so many secrets. No, not really. I think the biggest thing to realize is even when we're talking about fighting and quarreling and how we deal with conflict is, you know, our fight's not with each other. Now, this isn't probably the right way to say it, but it's, you know, it's against the world. You know, our adversary wants us to bicker. He wants us to fight. And I think another one that's been helpful for Sarah and I is just learning to grow with each other in these different seasons of life. You know, Sarah and I would both say, you know, I'm not the same guy that she married. 
You know, we've changed a lot. Sarah's not the same person. We've grown, you know, we've grown closer to God. Our relationship has grown. So there's lots of changes there, but it's learning to serve each other, and it's not about me, it's about her, and it's about us. I don't know what else you'd want to add. I would just say, like, being able to be adaptable with your spouse and your mate, because, like, even from the year we got married to five years in, like, our life was not what I pictured it to be, and then from five to ten now, it's not what I thought it would be, and ten years is not a very long time to be married at all, so... Like, I'm sure by 20, 30, 40, we'll be like, minds blown at how our lives have changed. And we're thankful that God does not reveal his plans for our life ahead of time. Because if he did, I can guarantee he's like, Ben, you're going to be a pastor at Lima Baptist Temple. I would have been like, peace out, Lima. (laughs) But but it's cool how he works in our story. And, you know, his goodness is just woven into every fabric of our life. You know, one of our verses that we use a lot is Ephesians... um, 320, which says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power. So when we recognize, when Sarah and I recognize, you know, Jesus as Lord and King and master of our life, you know, we can claim that authority we have through him in our own lives. And that's been really key, you know, for us. So, Pastor and Lori. Well, we Truthfully, we've never used the word divorce, but we've used the word murder quite a bit. I think some of y'all can identify with that. But ours is simple, really. It, it's uh, we dialogue daily. You have to communicate. And we date weekly. Okay. And let me just go and say, even if it's just going to Cupies, okay? So it doesn't have to be an elaborate yep. date. Just, just go out. Just do something different. Or go have a picnic yep. out in the backyard or something. You know what I mean? Just make it simple. Yeah. And we depart as often as we can. It's easier now that we don't have kids living at home. You understand? Uh, but the most important thing is we pray together. And I'm a firm believer that the couples that pray together stay together. And I'll let you do that. Um, and one verse that we have um, always gone back to and referred to, and we've mentioned it at our marriage retreats before, is Philippians 2.3. Do nothing out of um, selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others more than yourself. And value, other versions say esteem, um, or put others first. Uh, another way of saying that is to prefer that person. So we, pref- we try to prefer each other, even though, you know, we're human, and we're flawed, and as human beings, you know, we're all selfish human beings. But you know what? We try to prefer each other, and I want to just preface that by saying, or just say, uh, add on to that, that it, even it's just the little things, too. Like, you know, Al left me a sticky note many, many, many years ago on my steering wheel that said, I adore you and I love you. I've kept that. It's still in my purse. Um, and so just even little things like that means a lot, you know? So I, and so I would just want to challenge you when he talked about dialogue and date and depart often um, as much as you can. That means, you know, get away. Get away from the hustle and bustle of your life and try to, you know, again, date each other like you, you used to. And, yeah, life may look differently now because you have kids and stuff like that. So just, you know, try to do what you can but prefer each other as often as you can. Put the other person first. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to give you the secret to a long, healthy, and happy marriage. Young people, I want you to take out a notepad and write this down, all right? Separate beds. (laughs) Not really. We don't have separate beds yet, do we? Not yet. 
Um, you know what? This sound is similar to you guys. It sounds so simple, like, well, you can say that, but it just maybe doesn't happen. We just, we, we would never mention or consider divorce. Uh, and it was just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a pact with myself and you, God, that I will be miserable, but I'm not ever going to leave this woman. Uh, I came from a broken home, and that was very painful for me, and so I met this woman, uh, and she was from an intact home, you know, great family. I was drawn to that, and I wanted our kids to have that, so we just, it's just not ever a consideration. Uh, the other thing I think about, too, is the second law of thermodynamics. I know you think about that a lot, too. That's the law of entropy, and that says that anything left to itself without work will decay. You have to work. You can't, Danielle mentioned last night when we were talking, you were talking then last night, you talked a lot. Uh, she mentioned autopilot. You can't just set your marriage on autopilot and just say, well, I hope it, it seems okay, seems, seemed okay last year, seems okay this year. You have to work at it, and I'm not even saying we all do that well, because we, we do it to varying degrees, and God, you know, blesses and gives the increase where he sees fit, uh, but you ha it, it requires work. You have to work at it. In Ecclesiastes, it says that two are better than one, so we're great teammates. Uh, we tag team off of each other on a daily basis. Um, if something's not working right, I'm like, okay, you can't mow straight, so I'm going to mow. Uh, and he doesn't like my cooking, so you cook. Oh, you don't like that I can't find the best deals at the grocery store? Then you shop. We just tag team in that way. It's worked for us. Um, and that's how we've been married 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th I think, you know, kind of piggyback off of that is... Um, you know, when you first get married or even as you progress in marriage, something that's very apparent right away is things are different from what they do and you do. So I remember very vividly the first time she made eggs, I was just like, what are you doing? That's not making eggs. What is this? <laughs> you know, and, I, and I think the key thing in marriage is this. Different isn't wrong. It's just different. I mean, there's, there's no right or wrong way to do probably 99% of the things that we, we fight and argue about. But typically, we're like, well, this is how it's always done. This is the way you should do things. And that's just the way you've kind of been raised. And so I think, you know, being flexible in marriage. But um, and then I think the other thing is, you know, something that's really kind of pounded on me this pro uh, probably this past year. Um, but in Ephesians 5, I think what's, what's fascinating is you have this whole passage on marriage. And, and it's, you know, husbands submit to the Lord, wives submit to your husbands. And, and this whole section just goes into, you know, and... And husbands, love your wives, submit to your wives as Christ submitted to the point of death, you know, and, and as a spouse, I've never, you know, given my life yet for my wife, so I haven't done what Jesus did for his church. And, and the most amazing thing about that whole passage is this, when, when Paul writes all that stuff, he goes to the end, and he says, but I'm not really talking about marriage, I'm talking about Christ and the church. And so when you think about your own marriage, your marriage is about you as, as a small piece of the puzzle, but your marriage is really a picture to the rest of the world of what Christ did for his church. And how you sacrifice for your spouse and how you sacrifice for your mate uh, is really a picture to the rest of the world of what Christ has done for his church. And I think that's the critical element uh, in working with teenagers on a regular basis and seeing uh, just kind of a lot of the different things that I've seen. That's a big piece for those kids to see because if they can see a healthy marriage, 
you know, if they can see visually what that looks like, it gives them something to look forward to, like, okay, this is what marriage is supposed to be. And now that analogy that Paul uses in Scripture has a place. And, and we can refer back to that picture of saying, you know, Christ and the church, that's his bride. And I think that's the critical element. And, and that's why the enemy attacks marriage is so hard, because if he can destroy that picture, that's a huge analogy that we lose as believers of what Christ did. Well, thank you for listening to us this morning, to all of our foibles, uh, all of our little humorous anecdotes, and, uh, and our struggles as well. We hope that it's been helpful to you. I'll give you one last bit of advice, uh, and the men are with me on this. Please, 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 squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom. Right, men? Come on, men. <laughs> well, my work here is done. Pastor, it's up to you. Well, I want to close out uh, our invitation, and I'm going to ask every one of you would right now to bow their heads and ask our priest team to come. And as we talk about marriage, we always have fun with this, but we need to understand it's very, very serious, and it's very, very, it's a lot of hard work. You know, marriage is a long-term journey, not a short-term commitment. It's an adventure. It's an adventure each day, and we determine, we got to determine to overcome things together, not separately. Some of you today, I just want to pray for you who are in the middle of a relationship, a dating relationship, for those of you who are searching for a relationship, those of you who have been married as the Bowersox some 60 plus years, that we can continue to improve our marriages. And yes, relationships can be messy, but the great thing, as I said earlier, God comes in the middle of all of our relationships and all of our messes and cleans them up and makes them something beautiful if we'll let Him. And as always, this altar is going to be open for you to come and pray. And maybe you just want you and your spouse to come and pray and just ask God to continue to be with you throughout your marriage. Just thanking God for your relationship, or maybe you're single. And you want to pray about your dating relationship. But the pastors will be here today. We've talked about, like I said, relationships. But the most important relationship that you'll ever have is your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't know him today as Lord and Savior, maybe you want to come and take one of our pastors by the hand and say, I want to know this Jesus. Father, today we thank you for marriage. We thank you for the relationships. And God, I pray today that if there's someone here today that does not have a relationship with you, that, God, they will not depart this place until they've asked you in their heart as their Lord and as their Savior. Father, I thank you for the marriage couples in here today. Lord, especially those, Lord, who have been married long and have set such a great example. God, thank you for that. And, Lord, for all of us who are married, God, in the struggles day to day, that, God, you would be with us in the midst of our messes. And, God, for those who are searching out a relationship now, and those who are in the middle of a relationship. God, I pray that you would be with them. And Father, I pray that, God, they would learn to uh, just be in touch with you every day. That, God, not only would they learn to dialogue daily with their mate or their fiancés or, Lord, whoever they're in a relationship with, but most of all, that, God, they would dialogue daily with you. So, God, today, we just pray that whatever needs to be done today before people leave, it will be done. We ask all this in your precious name.
Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.